No, go ahead. Um, take two. I, I just wanted to say a prayer before we started. Um, dear Lord, she threw a burger at my car. I didn't think that she would go so far. She didn't even let me take a bite. I want to punch this girl with all my might. Mm, she threw whopper, the whopper, my bacon, whopper, <laughs> beefcake. Dude, seriously? I was singing. I'm Dude, kidding. You interrupted him, bro. Are you drinking coffee on this coffee podcast? What the freak? Mm. <sighs> Delectable. Mm-mm-mm. All right, let's try not to trip it out this time. That was yeah, that was, this is take two. Everybody uh, listening at home. I wouldn't stop singing, and they were very confused in the first one. Um, welcome to week two of the fourth wave of coffee. Let's go. Well, we're going to be talking about coffee. Um, but before we get there, um, how many drinks have you two had today? How many coffee drinks have you two had today? And what were they? I'm on my first one right now at a crisp 8.46 p.m. Um, Dude, are you even a coffee podcaster? Like, <laughs> you only have one a day. Wow. I'm, I'm just getting into it, man. Um, yeah, this is my first one of the day. It's the Costa Rican from Brown Coffee, El Dragon. Mm. Um, I'm on my second. Uh, I'm trying to pace myself a little more because last bag of coffee I had, I he blew through that thing. I did blow through that thing. Dang. Um, so the first one I made a pour over a V60 with, um, Brazilian beans from Sao Paulo from Brown Coffee. And then I made it with a French press. And it was actually, I actually liked the French press better, incidentally. So Wow. Jesse. I am on uh, drink number two as well because, you know, I don't mind staying up till 2 a.m. or whatever it's going to happen to me as an old person. Um, but drink number one was a cappuccino this morning um, that I sipped on through my work meetings. And then drink number two right now is an iced Americano. Um, yeah, and I made that about 10 minutes ago. <clears throat> so. An iced Americano doesn't strike me as a night drink. Not at all, but uh, it's my favorite thing. Okay. I don't fine. know why. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. It uh, I feel like sometimes I- tastes like dirty water in a weird way, but like in a good way. Kind of in the same sense that like sweet tea kind of tastes like okay. dirty I, water. Yeah. I, I think it. you should drink what you want, Jesse. And if that's what makes you happy, then mm. that's what makes you happy. I'll judge it a little bit, but... You should. Yeah. All right. Well, on the first week of the Fourth Wave Coffee podcast, we talked about... Uh, we kind of defined what Fourth Wave is. Um, we kind of narrowed it down to coffee, um, brewing coffee, like, at home, um, but elevating it more than just, you know, a coffee machine. We're looking at it with a little bit of science behind it. And so, um, over the next couple of weeks or a few weeks, we really kind of want to dial in, no pun intended, on the more intricate levels of brewing coffee. And so, brewing coffee is kind of this delicate balance of many different aspects of water, of coffee ratio, brew time, water temperature, and where we're going to find ourselves this week, grind size. Um, and so that's what we're going to kind of discuss is grind size. So we'll, we'll dabble in that. We have a few questions that we want to discuss together. Um, 
and then we'll get back to our uh, reoccurring segments. Um, but other than grind size, we'll move on. We'll talk about water, water temperature, like as a whole, um, coffee ratios, and then um, that kind of in the uh, overall like brewing methods. But cool. Y'all excited about grind size? Absolutely. It matters. <laughs> it does. Grind size matters. It indeed does. I never matter. really <laughs> thought that we could make a whole episode out of something so simple as grind size. Um, but it matters. Would one of y'all tell me why grind size matters? I defer to Caleb. Okay. Well, um, if you don't have the right grind size, then... Um, I always flip this in my brain, so y'all correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, when it's too fine, it's bitter, mm-hmm. and there's too much extraction going on because yeah. there's too much contact time in the coffee mm-hmm. and the shot. Like if espresso, your shot's gonna be too long, and that's like, yep, that's gonna make it bitter. But when it's too coarse, it's sour because you don't have enough extraction because it makes it too short of a time. Yeah, sour in a bad way too. Not like not sour like, candy. Like. <laughs> yep. This is disgusting. Yeah. It matters. Um because that you know, something super simple could be the difference in, you know, a really great cup of coffee and a really, really nasty mm-hmm. cup of coffee that is not dialed in all the way. It has a lot to do with mouthfeel as well. Yeah. Um you wanna you wanna elaborate on that? Yeah, so whenever whenever you grind coffee, so I'm I'm sure we'll get into this later, but I'll just kind of go over this briefly like there's there's kind of two main ways of grinding one is proven to be better the first one is blade grinding when you're actually like chopping the mm-hmm. beans pretty much into smaller which isn't as recommended and the other one is uh grinding like crushing it between uh two metal burrs and you're actually like crushing it into smaller and smaller pieces yeah. And, and more consistent um, pieces. Mm-hmm. And um, can you please remind me what I was just talking about? <laughs> what was uh, you said that uh, it affects mouthfeel? Right, right, right. It, so it affects mouthfeel because the more uh, particulates and the more surface area of the coffee that you expose, uh, the more coffee particles that are able to make it through the filter and into the coffee and that's the difference between um something being really smooth and and really bright or something being very muddy and kind of like oily in a way yeah and i think also kind of on that consistency basis we'll talk more about maybe fines and boulders in a little bit and how to avoid those and some some tools of the trade and all that um but for people who are like super serious about coffee maybe um, you're not asking your, yourself this, but maybe you are new to coffee and like, hey, I'm listening to this podcast just to learn more about coffee. You may ask yourself, should I grind my own coffee? And what's your answer to that, Caleb? I actually um, thought about some analogies for this yeah. and why it is so important to grind your own coffee. Um, big coffee wouldn't tell you that. No, but big coffee, but... What Big Coffee does not want you to know. <laughs> Amen. Um, uh, what's your analogy? Sorry. <laughs> um, I thought of it like when you buy carrots at the store 
Mm. If you buy like the already cut up little baby carrots, yeah. those don't mm. taste as good as if you get the big carrot and you chop it up yourself right before you put it on like the vegetable tray or whatever. Yeah. Um, mm. They just taste fresher. It tastes better. And I think that's a good analogy to grind size because if you buy the pre-ground like the baby carrots, yeah, it's going to taste a little more stale. You're not really going to have any... F- of the flavor or at least as much flavor out of it as you would if you bought beans and then grinded them yourself or the carrot and you cut up the carrot yourself yeah for those of y'all like listening at home or on the road or wherever y'all are um when we like grind coffee um we're like exposing the coffee like pieces um for lack of better term to more like oxygen and so oxygen is a good thing when it comes to coffee, um, especially like when um, coffee's first roasted, it needs to degas a little bit. And so that's why like if you go buy coffee that was roasted today, you probably shouldn't brew it today because it needs to degas a little bit. Um, and sometimes like a really fruity Ethiopian needs to go like seven days or, or even longer um, to be really good. And so when you don't buy coffee whole bean, you buy it pre-ground there's going to be way more like vicious degassing going on because Mm -hmm. the coffee's like broken up and so because of that the coffee's going to get stale a little faster um i mean for like you can see that when you brew because when you first put some water on it if it's like the fresh beans that are fresh to ground you're going to see like the the gases coming out of it yeah that's, that's like the co2 escaping the coffee yeah um versus if you get like Pre-ground, that's not really going to happen because all that's already been gone. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. already been released into the air. It's kind of similar to to like an apple. Like once you cut open the apple, it no longer has that that natural protection from the air. And it's going to start to turn brown a little bit. Yeah. Also... It smells really freaking good when you grind coffee. It yeah, it does. Grind it at home, boy. It smells so bussin'. That's why when you walk in a coffee shop and you go, man, it smells so good in here. It's because they're grinding it fresh. It's just like its own experience on yeah. its own. And if we're going to, you know, hope to secure that third wave experience at home, we got to grind it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, before we... No, I'm just going to go straight into this. I've got a bone to pick with okay. the coffee big, industry, with big coffee, with big coffee, with, big no, coffee. with actually little coffee. Um, okay. And so when you're like, maybe you're wanting to brew like V60 and say you Google mm-hmm. best V60 recipe and you're just reading it yeah. and they say, okay, so you're wa- going to want to grind this coffee to, it needs to look like table salt yeah. or it needs to look like sea salt. I I don't know how y'all feel about this. I have an issue with I don't like calling something like oh this looks needs to look like this type of salt or this type of sand. Have mm. you ever thought about that? Do y'all have any thoughts about that? Opinions? I have strong opinions. I I think about that a lot because I'm like I don't know what table salt looks like off the top of my head. Yeah. But then I think about like a lot of the people who are kind of slowly getting the coffee. There's not really a better way to like explain it to them because like everybody's grinder is different especially when you're first getting into coffee you might have Mm -hmm. a blade grinder which is not the best but like it's what you have yeah so then you're that this is what you can tell them Uh, Mm -hmm. i think i don't know i don't know if you've found any better solutions to that but 
Yeah, not without getting like super technical and super sciencey, and we'll use those words in a little bit. Yeah. Um, I I get I guess I get, get what you're saying. Like, for me, I don't know when I look at. I especially don't like the usage of sand. Like, oh, it needs to look like sand on a beach because my mind immediately is like, okay, is it like sand on a Florida beach? You know, like the white, real soft sand, or is it or like Galveston, Galveston <laughs> muddy sand in South Texas? Um, and so I don't like that one. The salt, I'm a little more okay with. Um, mm -hmm. It's just when I think of sea salt and table salt, I just my brain gets lost in the two, and <laughs> mm -hmm. but. I didn't know if y'all had any specific thoughts on that. I, I kind of think of it in the same way that James Hoffman doesn't like to use volumetric yeah. uh, measurements because every single coffee is different. Every single makeup of the coffee is different and is going to react to hot water being poured on it differently. So I, I, I don't see there being just like a blanket statement of like, it needs to look like this. I yeah. Think you need to know the coffee that you have, uh, know how it reacts whenever you pour boiling hot water on it mm -hmm. and, and go from there and use more of more of your taste buds and less of uh, like what you see visually, because what you see visually doesn't tell the entire story yeah. of what's going on. We use that kind of analogy a lot in like, music production and like mixing and everything it's mm -hmm. like yeah it looks this way but but like listen with your ears not your eyes that's something that's used a lot in like it's mixing, hard to so. listen with your eyes yeah yeah so i think like taste with <laughs> like taste with this is gonna sound stupid but like taste with your tongue not your eyes like don't yeah don't look it's at it visually. really hard to taste with your eyes yeah <laughs> like don't use that visual bias for like is this yeah. good or not yeah i like that that's cool and we can't use you know the numbers on the grinder because while i have a like a Baratza Encore, you could have a fellow ode, and mm -hmm. my number 18 that I would brew my V60 on may not be the same as I mean, your 18 on There's also some weird grinders that go backwards. Yeah. Like yeah. the numbers, like the lower it goes, the coarser it is, and it's just kind of like... Yeah. And so like mm -hmm. even if like, say, I think from like a roaster perspective, if they're mm -hmm. selling like this coffee, say, hey, if you have a Barazza, grind this on option number 20 if you're going to brew it as a V60. It might not be the same because my Barazza might be, you know, two or three years old and the, the you know, hope, hopefully not, but, you know, the grinder may be a little more used and not as fresh and your 18 might be my 24 yeah. or something like that to get the same results just because of consistency. Um, but let's get... A little more scientific um there are an elite group of people that big coffee don't want you to know about uh, we're gonna we're gonna harp on this big coffee thing um uh this unit called microns um, where they measure the grind um and they have these like there's a company called crew they have sieves or is that what they're called like little like yeah, the the like big the like sheets of metal that have yeah, yeah, holes in them. Yeah, yeah, the little holes in them mm -hmm. that range from like two hundred to sixteen hundred microns. Those kind of trigger my tryptophobia. Oh, okay. I'm sorry that you are a super weird person and have that. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. I take it back. Um, but microns, I feel like they are a perfect world of like absolute coffee dweebs and nerds <laughs> who own like live eat breathe coffee of like oh dude this one you want to brew it at 265 microns or something you know but like that's unrealistic i think but i think 
if we're going to view it that way, that's a really good reference point of like, oh, like we do have these things and for experimenting recipes um, that would help. Now we're good. We just had some like uh, some like little crackling. Uh, okay. okay, cool. We've had mic issues tonight. Um, but I think it allows like roasters to share recipes a little better uh, when they can look at it from that mm. scientific level. I don't know how far into the science world fourth wave needs to go if every single person when you buy your first kettle and your first pour over device that you buy these, you know, like sieves as well. Um, but I do think that's a super cool like tool that we can have one day. I don't know. I feel about microns the same way you feel about when they talk about like sand. Oh, wow. Because like... I'm not gonna like go to my grinder. Like I love coffee and I have all these coffee devices and I, I will spend time trying to dial in the grinder I have, Yeah. but I'm not going to pull out a micron sheet and like (laughs) determine. But what if it saved you from like, you know, having five or six bad cups of coffee, you're able to skip straight to like a dialed in V60 recipe. I mean... There are no shortcuts. <laughs> there are no shortcuts in this world. I I also don't know if I've encountered like taking five or six times to dial yeah. in the right V60. I think, I think we're all in different places on this because I'm very like, obviously in a perfect world, every grinder is stepless where you can like really get it dialed in yeah. and stuff. But I'm very just like, especially with like, pour overs i mean this is a new addition to my coffee arsenal but um like just depending on like the time that it took Mm -hmm. and the flavor that that time uh achieved i'm i'm much more critical of that than what it looks like the consistency of it and everything yeah cool well we're gonna skip over to a commercial break real quick I'm kidding. What are we doing? We ain't monetizing this. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, hold yeah. On, hold on. I got you. I got you. Whopper, whopper. <laughs> we are not sponsored by Burger King. But we could be. Burger King, if you want to send us some money or some Whoppers, we are right here. Marshall, Texas. One I mean, Tiger Drive. You know, Buffalo Wild Wings sells bottomless coffee for $4. Oh, brother. Do that is, really? the, that is yeah. the pinnacle of coffee. That's is. the pinnacle of fourth way. <laughs> <laughs> if you order coffee at Buffalo Wild Wings, I can't trust you. So, social experiment. We get a huge group of people. We all go to Buffalo Wild Wings. They say, what would you like to order? And we all order coffees. <laughs> and we see what their response is. But that's it. Nothing that's it. else. We Just drink the coffee. coffee. We pay. We leave a generous tip. We get up and we walk out. Hey, do you want to like go on a date to like coffee shop um, <laughs> oh brother it's my favorite one longer you definitely know um it's yellow wild wings. <laughs> goodness gracious okay. do you think they grind their own coffee oh 100 percent yeah um golly that well thanks for coming to our commercial break um we'll welcome you back to the show um do y'all have any questions that y'all have uh regarding grinds before we move a little further into this um, I don't think I have any like specific questions about grinds themselves. Um, I did, I, I did think about like 
what are what are some brew methods that's like okay like you really really need to get the grind size right versus mm-hmm. brew methods that are a little more forgiving of just like okay like this isn't exactly the right grind size but it's pretty close so i kind of like i put just put a couple for each one if y'all want to add to this like yeah so mm-hmm. brew methods where grind size matters the most i'd say espresso absolutely because like so i i i use a flare mm-hmm. and if i like that 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 is very specific because if you go too fine, mm. you're not pressing that down, and you have to struggle to get yeah. to get that coffee out. Um, I mean, same thing with like even a regular espresso machine. Like if it go, it's it's gonna come out too quick, or mm-hmm. if you're really too fine, water is not coming out of that thing at all, and you just mess just something sit there up. And watch it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then pour overs. I feel like that's a that's because that's pretty easy to taste the difference between yeah. sour and bitter, and it's just like it's not. It's it's kind of a mid tier cup if you don't have the right grind size. I have like a graph in my head, mm-hmm. and and I think it it works pretty well like across all uh, methods of brewing, as pressure and temperature uh, go up, the margin of error mm-hmm. gets smaller and smaller. Yeah. Because you're working in such a small time constraint where, like, everything matters. Yeah. I, w- I was mm-hmm. going to say the smaller the grind size, the smaller the margin for error. Mm-hmm. Kind of thinking, like, I would say the most forgiving way to brew is probably cold brew. Cold brew. And then also uh, just a French press. I'll say. Also, I know I, I've, I've seen some different opinions, but I think AeroPress. That's, I, th- I feel like that's pretty forgiving when it comes yeah. to anything i think aeropress can just be the most versatile too though because you could do it really really fine oh yeah and it, and if you dial it in really fine you can make a really good cup of strong coffee and but if add you go, a little bit of water if you go if you get pre-ground and it's coarse like yeah. you're still going to get a pretty good cup out of it yeah mm-hmm. um, um and then even looking at it from like the pour over perspective you look at like brewing a v60 it's a lot more technical in the grind mm-hmm. size area versus like a Chemex, because a Chemex, you're using coarser coffee, and it's a little more forgiving on how well you aerate the coffee and all that, and maybe that's a hot take, um, but I'm also just not the biggest Chemex fan, um, but I also think it's a little easier not to mess up, and so I really liked when people ordered those at like a coffee shop, because mm-hmm. they were easy in my head. Um, I also think, I mean, you can dive way deep into like the pour over of just like a Kalita, if you the grind size is a little more forgiving than on a V sixty. Yeah. I I'm just saying that because I recently got a Kalita, yeah, yeah. so is I've been I've been messing bottom? with it. What is that because of the flat bottom? Could be. I mean, it could be the way it's shaped. So I have the glass Kalita, so it's completely smooth. It has no mm-hmm. ribs, um, and then it has the three holes at the bottom. So I mean, it could also be the flat bottom. Could also be something to do with the ribbing on it and how it just flows through. Um, or it could go right back to grind size. Yeah, you know, <laughs> everything goes back to grind size. Wow, because it matters. Uh, what was there like a a second part to that question you were kind of talking about, or did we pretty much answer that all? The uh, way yeah, through? I was that, just gonna see if y'all had any other like brew methods in mind to go into each of those categories of like, hey, um, I mean, like I don't know if we want to go into like talking about grinders themselves too, but um. I had that up there on one of my questions that we can get to. In a say, I, I had a, I had actually had a, a 
good amount about like grinders themselves. But yeah. I did have one more question mm-hmm. just because I wanted to see like if y'all two had done any uh, thing on this. Something that is a complete enigma to me is Turkish coffee. Because I know you have to grind like super fine mm-hmm. for Turkish coffee. And I really have no clue how that works. So I have only drank Turkish coffee. I've never actually made it. Um, this is when I make fun of Caleb because he's the only one of oh, us who hasn't okay. gone to oh Israel. My Bro, you haven't uh, gone to Israel? I'm going, okay? Bro, in you four haven't gone weeks. to Israel? Calm down. Dang, what? Okay, so in Brother. Israel, uh, Turkish coffee is like their primary coffee, and they, mm-hmm. like, every, at the end of every meal, they hand you a date, which is like a mm-hmm. really large raisin mm-hmm. and a, like, an espresso glass of Turkish coffee. Mm-hmm. And, I absolutely hated it when I was there. <laughs> I did not like it. I wanted to chalk it up to just being like, maybe this isn't the best Turkish yeah. coffee. But even at places where people were like, no, this is good Turkish coffee. I yeah. was like, this is mildly disappointing. Yeah. What, like, what didn't you like about it? So I want you to imagine like mm-hmm. you're drinking espresso, but they pull the shot and then they take like three of their fingers and they pinch some of the used grinds and they throw that in your cup and then they stir it up and they hand it to you is what it feels like in your mouth. Interesting. That is the best description <laughs> I've ever heard in my life of Turkish coffee. And so like at that point I was like pretty big into the coffee world and like mm-hmm. I was working at a shop and like yeah. really liked coffee but could not get past the mouthfeel and hey yeah. maybe i'll have a change of heart one day and maybe we can like delve into that a little bit and just like go crazy on some turkish coffee mm-hmm. on fourth wave international <laughs> <laughs> i think that would be fun but and and like see what we could do if we could do it really well and then yeah. say like reflect and be like oh let's chalk that up too maybe this isn't good turkish coffee um, but at the end of the day, I don't know. I just didn't like it. And I think it's a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was about to say, cause like, it's also just like things that are absolutely delicious to them. I was like, I, I respect y'all for it. But like dates. I <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of like the dates. They oh, grew, okay, they grew okay. on me. I mean, I'll, but, I'll try it and then I'll, I'll, I'll let y'all know. I'll text y'all and be like, this yeah, is, this is my review of Turkish coffee. Okay, good. And I'll bring it back. I to wasn't the like a, I'm not a big raisins person. So the dates really gross mm, me out. Yeah. But other than that, most of the food, uh, I don't know. What are, what's like, I like hummus, but what do they make hummus out of? Chickpeas. Chickpeas. They had like chickpeas with every meal there and I didn't yes. like chickpeas. Mm. And so maybe it's kind of like that. This, they're, those like cultural nuances. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Their coffee is just not our coffee. And I like a really clean cup and that was the dirtiest cup ever. Well, like with this Brazilian bean, I was like looking up like, hey, how should I brew this? And they did the, um, the dirty sock brewing. Yeah, brother. With the with the cloth cowboy filter. coffee. Yeah, it was with the cloth filter, and I was like, I'm not doing that. So the, I was like, the cheesecloth. Uh, I no, it's like it's different. Like if you like a cloth. I had a friend in undergrad, and he loved coffee. And like always, like would talk to coffee with me, and I would say it was like a really. Like oh, knew his stuff in the coffee world, and every sock. single day he that brew. Is, that is interesting. He brewed coffee out of like a sock filter type thing. What? Just just Google coffee sock, and you see it. 
Looks I like don't <laughs> know why it like people find that appealing. It looks. Let me see. Like it just does not look like you should brew coffee in it. Yeah, that's what my it's friend used so uh, weird. every day. For for those that that cannot see, which is everyone besides us, um, what Caleb pulled up on his that, computer—that's what I said. I said Google coffee sock. Yeah, strongly resembles Ebenezer Scrooge's hat. Well, I was gonna say it kind of looks like a, a jelly fishing net from SpongeBob, but a little more like, <laughs> well, like you know, more like sockish, or like a, a paper filter, but not paper. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, we're getting really off topic here. That was just yeah, we're getting more towards brew methods, and we'll talk about that later on. Um, but yeah, grind size. So uh, what were you, what were you saying a minute ago, Caleb? I was gonna kind of bring it over to grinders themselves and like um, how different types of grinders or burrs kind of affect the grind size. So kind of through some research, um, I'm just gonna get this out of the way. I know that's like it's probably one of the most common type of grinders for like not super like specialty coffee people, but. Um, Blade grinders. I yeah. start. I mean, I started with a blade grinder. Yeah, and I, I'm not gonna like knock it and say it's a terrible investment because like twenty bucks. Yeah, and it'll it'll make you a good French press. It'll make you. Yeah, it, it'll it'll make decent coffee. It's better than just like Folgers out of the can. Yeah, if you were on mm-hmm. the fence of like, man, mm-hmm. do I want to have a grinder? or Do I just keep buying pre ground coffees? And you don't want to spend a hundred hundred fifty dollars on a yeah. good grinder. Mm-hmm. Buy a $20 one of those yeah. mm-hmm. and see how much it elevates. Now, watch some videos. James Hoffman has a great video on how to use that effectively on a, a blade grinder. But look at the difference in just pre-ground coffee and using a blade mm-hmm. grinder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then imagine what yeah. a uh, burr grinder will do yeah. to your yeah. coffee. There's obviously like a law of diminishing returns. Like after like probably the biggest jump in quality that you're ever going to make is from obviously not grinding your own coffee yeah to grinding your coffee mm -hmm. in some way that's going to be the biggest jump in quality and then from there obviously like there are things that can do it yeah much better much more efficiently much quieter all that kind of stuff but in terms of quality that's the biggest jump you're going to make i i was also going to just kind of bring up like the the different types of burrs you can have so like i know right now josiah you're in between grinders so you're kind of using um one of my old ones, the mm-hmm. uh, the Quizen Art, yeah. just like standard brew or grind mill. I think that's what's like the technical term that they put on it. I know that uses. Um, oh, I forgot the word. Oh, block burrs. Mm-hmm. So like, very similar to flat burrs, but they have like little little blocks around them in that kind of. So it can break up the bigger chunks. It's it does make the grinds pretty inconsistent, but it's hmm. it's kind of like the next step up from like a blade grinder. You see them mostly in like stuff you can buy at like a like a Target or something like grinders in there. Because I mean, you're not going to Target and you're not going to find like a breville grinder or a barazza because they just that's just not what they sell there but a lot of the ones like in like stores like grocery stores and things there they have the block burrs so that's Mm -hmm. like not quite a flat burr it's a little more inconsistent just because usually it's like ceramic instead of like steel or titanium Mm -hmm. or whatever yeah 
Um, and then I know like in the coffee world, the whole debate is like flat versus conical burrs. Flat. <laughs> um, flat for espresso, conical for medium. Flat all the way around, brother. So I don't. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think there's pros to both. I will say that. Yeah, but I don't think it's. I don't think it's like one or the other. Because I mean, that's not gonna make or break your. Because like, yeah, you look at the niche mm-hmm. i mean that's like that's like one of the newest grinds on the market but everybody is like obsessed with it yeah you can't even buy one i've it, tried <laughs> <laughs> it comes i think it comes with conical yeah now, i think they've started to prototype like a flat burr version or like people have modded it to put flat burrs in it yeah but the and that's like one of the greatest espresso ones on the market like right now mm-hmm. yeah but then you look at like the fellow ode which is yeah. interesting because it's just for pour over. like pour overs and and brewed coffee, not espresso, but they use flat burrs. Yeah. So, I just I just think it's super interesting. It's just kind of super interesting to look at the two methods and see what a lot of people started to say at first. But it's kind of hard to put it all in a box. And I feel like that's also like a good example of just coffee itself like mm-hmm. you can't just put this bean oh, it's the best for here because there's like so many applications for each different type of bean or like you can't just say making a V60 is the best method to brew coffee because every coffee yeah. bean is different. Just in same thing when you grind it, it's like every coffee bean is different. So flat burrs are going to work better for this and then conical burrs are going to work better for this, whatever. Yeah, and for you roasters out there listening to this that sell your coffee... I, from a customer perspective, I really like it when you put, this is my preferred brewing method of this coffee. I think it's interesting because yes. I'm a nerd and I look at that stuff when I'm buying coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sorry, that was a but little... But we can, we can talk about that when it gets to brew methods eventually. But. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, did you have any other thoughts about that before I like rudely interrupted? I have really bad ADHD. Uh, it's okay. I did too, but I wanted to bring up fines like in the grounds when you grind coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about that anyway. So, um, I was going to kind of say like on the grinder note and like talking about burrs, um, I have seen a lot more people say like flat burrs do produce a, a lot more fines mm-hmm. themselves. Um, but I, I would also say I don't have two grinders, but, um, w- I feel like once you get pretty deep into the coffee game, it is worth it to have two separate grinders, especially if you consistently switch between espresso and drip. Just like, I mean, one, so you don't have to keep undialing and then dialing back in for each method. But um, also, you're going to get a lot more fines in the coffee if you keep switching between the two yeah so and then you're gonna have to clean your grinder way more often because of oh, that oh yeah and so this is your mm-hmm. friendly reminder to go clean your grinder right now yeah who hasn't done that in a while <laughs> that's gross dude chill I yeah so when i was using my ranchilia rocky we yeah. were both and this was before i had a v60 so the only two methods i was doing was espresso and French press. <laughs> so <laughs> two opposite ends yes. of the spectrum. So you can imagine the the finds that I had in my French press. And and it was just so 
it was annoying to just go back and forth and you do have to clean it out mm-hmm. so much more often. So I totally agree with you on that front. Yep. Uh, Jesse, do you want to go ahead and start us with our closing segments? Yeah, let's go. Um, well, thank you all for being here again. This has been so fun um, to do and just talk shop about coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, as we Absolutely. close, remember our uh, reoccurring segments of what's in the bag and then coffee trivia. Um, I need to ask y'all, what is in your bag? What's in the bag that you've been brewing this week? Uh, same thing right now. Still the, the El Dragon yeah. uh, from Brown. Uh, nice. I am going to be placing an order for this new Onyx that came out and Dang, uh, give me a second. Rich. I'm super fake because <laughs> that, that dude is it's it's the blue one. It's the from, blue one? That is <laughs> loaded. He don't even care about the coffee. Y'all probably, <laughs> I'll take three of the blue ones. <laughs> it's from like Panama and it has like a dried fruit. Yeah. Uh, Fun okay, fact, okay, my cool. parents met in the military in, in Panama. Panama. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So you can like give them that as an anniversary gift. When's their anniversary? Dang, Dang that is fake. <laughs> he fake. Do your parents listen fake. to this podcast? Uh, only when I send it to my mom. That's so, so are you gonna send this one to your mom? To this point? No. Okay, okay. <laughs> but okay. I am gonna say, "Hey, mom, look at this. Isn't this cool? This is where you and dad met. You should buy five of them for me." <laughs> <laughs> Here, I'll while you're looking it up, I'll talk about mine. Um. I have also been drinking brown coffee Golly. this week. It's, okay, before I announce mine, I'm going to be drinking brown as well. But here's the thing. My parents went to San Antonio, so they bought me a bag. And Caleb just went to San Antonio, yeah. so he got a bag. Yeah. It's not like we all went together. It's or not anything. like we're huge brown simps or anything. It's, they do produce great like coffee. But, but okay. yeah, I, I was at a music conference last week, and I honestly probably spent... <laughs> more time going to these two coffee shops in San Antonio than I did in the actual convention. But um, I stopped off at Brown and I had a couple cup of cups, couple cups of coffee, and I bought some beans. Uh, these are from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Um, they're pretty good. I they do roast pretty dark at Brown mm-hmm. a lot, and I'm not necessarily the f- biggest fan of dark roasts but i've i figured out different brew methods that i like the best but i won't elaborate on that so jesse yeah um this brown i have i don't know it's pretty light i've really enjoyed it um it is their special reserve um it's ladera jennifer um ladera means like hillside um, and then it's from a micro lot and the name of the micro lot is Jennifer. And I think that's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's from Costa Rica, but it's an SL 28 variety, which is interesting because SL Scott's laboratory like designed in Kenya. And so it's interesting to me, like they're growing what I would assume a typically Kenyan coffee cherry in Costa Rica. Um, but it's been really yummy. Um, Sorry, I'm going really deep into this bag. I just like uh, the way they <laughs> present their verbiage and stuff on a lot of this. Um, mm-hmm. But one day this week, I made a shot of like espresso with it, and I used like a, a paper filter and you know went all out with it. it was like I'm going to spoil myself with this shot of espresso, <laughs> and it tasted 
to me like some blackberry jam. It was like mm. so Ooh. yummy. Um, you need to make me some of that later. Yeah, <laughs> some of that boy. Delicious. Um, it was really good. Uh, that's what I have. It'll probably last me like the rest of the week, and I'll have something else um, on tap at my house because um, I have a, a catering event next weekend. So I'll be probably roasting up some of my own um, stuff to have um, close at hand for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what's in the bag for these three gents right here. Um, I did find the name of the Onyx. Oh, it, yeah. It sorry. The, I didn't to the, skip you. It was the Panama Creativa Typica Blend Washed. And mm-hmm. the tasting notes are tamarind paste. Where did it go? It's okay. I remember them. It was tamarind paste, roasted oh, almond, <laughs> black tea. Caleb doesn't know what that is. And citrus. I know black tea. And <laughs> all of those things sound absolutely delicious to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not here yet. We'll, but we can get your thoughts on it next week. We'll talk about, I will talk about it. We'll talk about tasting notes in another episode because I also have some thoughts about the way Onyx (laughs) talks about their tasting notes. Yeah. Anyway, juicy. (laughs) That's disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. Chill. That's my trigger word. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. Did y'all see that Instagram? I see it every time I'm on. Yes. I see it every time. Juicy. And then it's like dripping down. It's disgusting. Okay. So I actually send that ad. If you don't get that ad, just scream Onyx into your phone like 15 times and you'll get it. (laughs) You'll get it. Every time I I get that ad, I send it to Caleb. Because I hate it so much. (laughs) It does bug me. I get it like whenever I'm on stories and I'm clicking through, I always get that. I think it's so funny. Um, anyway, continue, Jesse. Cool. Trivia. Yeah. We are going to step into our trivia portion. Woo! <laughs> um, I got a few different questions. Some of them are super easy this week, and that's okay, um, because you might not know them at home, but I think it just gives us time to know more about coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, the first is, how many coffee beans are inside each coffee cherry? Oh. Oh. Get, do you, I know the answer. Do you know? Do you just want me to say it? Just say the answer. Two. Yeah, there's two. And so, because coffee beans are like seeds, and so they're growing mm-hmm. like facing each other. And so, That's question. The way they are. Yeah. yeah. So, question B to this mm-hmm. What is the one exception? I, don't, I guess it's the one exception, the only exception that I know to this rule where there's not two, but there's one coffee oh. bean growing in the coffee cherry. Would it be like coffee trees? Like what? No, no, no. It's like you would. You I have this coffee like in my arsenal right now in the bag. Oh, is it pea berries? Yeah, pea berries. Oh. Yeah, so pea berries, they're like completely rounded and they're smaller because there's one growing in the coffee cherry. Mm-hmm. And you know how normally they're like, they look, if you face two coffee beans together, they're like, I don't know, they make like a circle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, a pea berry is already circular because there's only one growing mm-hmm. in there like that. That's mm-hmm. why it's a little different. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. And so it tastes a little different and yummy, yummy. Um, Okay. There are two question number, I guess three at this point, there are two U S states that produce coffee. The first one's Hawaii, which y'all probably knew that they produce Mm -hmm. really good Kona coffee. What's the second U S state that produces coffee? It's, I feel like it's going to be like obscure (laughs) Ohio. No, 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 it's not Ohio. Is it? Idaho. Okay. <laughs> okay, is it is it a U.S. state or like a U.S. territory? No, it's a state. I bet a, territories probably grow coffee, but state. Hmm. State. Rhode Island. 
No, no. So they hold on, hold on. Let me think about this from like a geography that's what standpoint. I was say, like the Florida. climate and like the climate, and Florida. also think about elevation and yeah. Oh, uh, can I look up? No, we the, can't Google. No, 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 no. The elevation of a city. Can that? Can that be something I can look up? Oh, he's already down to city. I don't know. Is it? Can you give us like a oh. region? Okay. Okay. If we're gonna cut a line right down the world where mm-hmm. we are in Texas, mm-hmm. it is on the west side of America. The west side. West side. Is it just California? It is California. Oh. Yeah. And so like, there's really good where like in that's, California. I don't know, but it's really expensive coffee. Okay. Um, like micro lots, they're just kind of getting into it now, and so I bet it's kind of like. You know, like wine's really big in California. Like, yeah, I bet it's similar to that. Like, they're okay. getting really big into coffee that uh, way. Today, F R I N J. I don't know what that is. Supports more than seventy farmers who are growing coffee in Santa Barbara, Ventura, and San Diego. San Diego. Interesting. Oh, oh wait. Jason Mraz has a coffee farm in San Diego. <laughs> wow. Does Ron Burgundy too? all right two more questions um that was a good one not to the united states um because we Mm -hmm. just talked about them but what country grows the most coffee in the world oh is it brazil it is brazil Mm. i i've read that earlier today so that's how i knew (laughs) um doesn't mean it's always the best coffee sometimes they just have very generic lots but a lot have a lot of land that is able to grow coffee. i think like if we were to compare them to like costa rica or some other country costa rica is tiny in comparison to brazil so brazil mm-hmm. naturally is going to produce more yeah um last question what does espresso mean in italian like it's literal meaning small small coffee coffee small strong coffee pressed coffee ah uh, so close oh my goodness. or like pressed through um, and so like espresso and mm-hmm. so like if you think about it it's like yeah. water being yeah. pressed through Pressing. coffee yeah so that is our trivia so we should like one. start keeping like tabs on this and like who's winning like who's more? winning maybe we'll start that next week we'll like listen back and give a score update episode three but i really am enjoying yeah doing like i like four the trivia. Five trivias. Oh. we need to talk about how the Last week's trivia was a lie. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, we talked about coffee beans yeah. and espresso, how much they weighed. Um, and you said it was like 46. And so, yeah. So he my was, source yeah. said 48 beans. It 42. It said 42. 42. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was, it was barely anything. And so we looked it up. And, or not looked it up. We went and measured it ourselves and like counted out coffee cherries for like one espresso shot. And my source very much was talking about a single shot. So probably closer to like seven to 10 grams of coffee. It was still like 60 though. Yeah. yeah. It was still like minuscule. So they're probably using like some really big coffee beans. And that's probably why that's not a good question. So <laughs> I and apologize. That's why you should measure things by weight and not volumetrically. Mm. Amen, don't say brother. don't sit at home and say all right jesse said 42 coffee beans and count <laughs> them out and then grind them and expect the full really good espresso because you won't 
<laughs> but that is it for week two. Thanks for coming and listening about why grind size matters. Um, and we will be back next week talking about um, water and everything about that and maybe dabbling into a little bit more brewing methods. All righty. Well, Peace. We'll see y'all later. Bye.